Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by C.H. Williams, author of the new fantasy novel, Heirs in the Ice, the sequel to Death and the Merchant. C.H., welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your new novel, Heirs in the Ice, how would you describe the novel? Well, Heirs in the Ice, as you said, is a sequel to Death and the Merchant, and it's... um... It's a really deep dive into the world that we've established in Death and the Merchant. Um, for a little bit of background, if you haven't read the first book, uh, Elsie, who's the main character, meets uh, an elf prince who's investigating uh, some blood magic that's going on. It seems like there's maybe a conspiracy in the Merchant's Guild, um, and they get thrown into this whole world of schemes and plots. Um, and so in Airs in the Ice, we really see them take that to the next level. We get way more into the world. Uh, Elsie gets thrown into a whole bunch of political schemes um, that, that were set up in the first book. Uh, we get a much wider view of the world. We finally get to actually be in the Elvid realms. Um, and we get to follow the characters as they see through the consequences of what happened in the first book. Sure. And I'm curious, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write this novel? Yeah, actually. So uh, originally, uh, Death and the Merchant and Heirs in the Ice were actually one massive, oversized <laughs> fantasy novel. Um, I, it was probably about five years ago, um, and I, I was with my husband in the Poconos, and he was doing some music stuff up there, and I was sitting in our hotel room just kind of waiting for him to get back. Um, and I remember having this idea that it would be so exciting if you were somewhere totally boring and just bored out of your mind and suddenly a fantasy adventure just kind of walked into your life and this whole world opened up and how fascinating it would be to explore that. And, you know, teasing that out, I I was thinking about how how appealing the idea is that maybe this fantasy world isn't all all you would imagine or it's not necessarily... A world where you have all these happy endings or, you know, the kind of Disney-esque um, stuff. You know, maybe maybe you stumble into this world and somehow it's it's worse. There's there's conspiracies everywhere. There's enemies around every corner. And with this magic, this fantasy, suddenly the stakes are that much higher. Um, and, and that was really what these books were born out of, was this idea that Maybe you could just have this ordinary life and then stumble into something massive and dark and scary, but also kind of exciting. And that's that's really Elsie's drive in, you know, in, in Death and the Merchant is she's just this ordinary person who's somewhat dissatisfied and this fantasy adventure just grabs her and pulls her in. And I'm curious if we can go back. What was your writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel published? Uh, it was it was a really interesting journey. Um, I, so I have an academic background. Um, so I was doing a lot of academic writing uh, at the time that I was starting to really get into the creative writing more seriously. I had just finished my master's thesis, um, and I was really looking for a way to express broader ideas beyond sort of the narrow academic window that I'd been in. There's there's a lot of sociological patterns and space for commentary there that I really didn't feel like I had the opportunity to explore in my academic writing. Like, um, you know, the, the destructiveness of capitalism 
you know, breaking down heteronormative cisgender expectations. None of that stuff was stuff I felt like I could do in academic writing that was going to reach people who necessarily cared about it. You know, I, I I really wanted to be able to touch a bunch of different areas and work more with allegory, work more with metaphor, work more just in general with social commentary. And there's a time and a place for that in academic writing, but it is not the driving force. You know, obviously you got sure. research data having you know a factual basis for it. And that's really, really important. But creative writing lets us go past that. It lets you take those data points. It lets you take you know, sociological patterns or facets of society that you find are interesting and really flesh those out and really explore the nuance of that in a different way. And what was your academic specialty? I actually come from music. So I was a classical violist once upon a time. That's great. Well, I'm curious, what is it about fantasy novels that appeal to you as a writer? You know, I, I love the vastness of it. I, I think that has always been the draw of course, you know, as a lot of fantasy writers do, I was drawn in um, with Tolkien and, you know, a lot of the classics of like high fantasy when I was a kid. And what really stuck with me was how big it made the world feel. I think particularly in this cultural moment that we're in, it can feel very suffocating. Um, you know, we're connected all the time, which I think is a bit of a cliche to say, but, you know, it, it's true. And there's something about the wide open space of being in a fantasy universe that is really appealing. And I think there's, too, something interesting about a world where you don't necessarily know all of the rules or you don't necessarily know how everything works. And, and getting to explore that is really appealing to me. You know, learning about systems, magic systems, different, you know, engaging in these different world building exercises. Yeah, it feels like there's so much possibility there. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In your latest novel, did you encounter any challenge during the writing process? And if so, how did you figure out or get around that challenge? I did. So as I mentioned, um, Death and the Merchant and Heirs in the Ice were originally one large novel. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the premise is 
Elsie meets this elf prince and gets drawn in and gets sucked into sort of the drama of his elven realm. And she's also navigating the drama of who she is as a person, who she is as a human, and how she relates to the the human politics at play. And so trying to break a book like that out poses a lot of continuity issues. Um, I think it also poses a lot of issues when you're talking about dramatic arcs and how to execute that successfully. How do you split up an entire story and not lose the reader somewhere along the way? So that's already a difficult task. And then on top of that, they're both multi-POV. I love writing multi-POV. I love being able to get in a bunch of different characters' heads and getting to see the different perspectives and playing with this idea that everyone's a little bit of an unreliable narrator and that you can only really get the, the true sense of what's happening by getting all of these different perspectives. So, you know, it, it took a lot of, of time. You know, that was really the way to address both of those things. It took a lot of editing, a lot of rewriting, a lot of experimenting, a lot of not being worried if I was going to fail at it because, you know, my beta readers and my critical reading partner was certainly going to catch that. You know, but it, it took a lot of patience and time to work through those issues to finally get to a point where I felt like, okay, it is one continuous story. Obviously, these are the first two in what is hopefully going to be a longer series, yeah, but we're not losing anything by breaking it out into manageable sizes, and yeah, we're we're adapting the dramatic arc accordingly. Sure. Um, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels? You know, I, the best advice that I got that I would share is just write what you want to. You know, there's. And if, if what you want to write is something that's super marketable or something that's very commercial, I think that's super valid. But there's a lot of people out there that don't necessarily want to write that and that need to do something else. And that's really valid, too. And that's where you're going to get the best product, you know, trying to create something you're not really that invested in or that doesn't really interest you isn't going to yield a good product. You know, I, I saw this in music, too, where... If you commit to something, but your heart's not in it, or and you're just doing it because you feel like that's what's expected of you, or you know that's it's a little more complicated when you're trying to make money, but because that's where the money is, uh, you know that that can really that's a huge strain to carry, and that's a huge stress. And you know, for me, I always felt that that came through in in the art that I was creating. You know, that the stuff that I've written that I love the most is the stuff that I had always wanted to write that I'd been doodling on or, you know, been playing through in my head for years and years and years. And the stuff that I hate the most is the stuff I felt like I was expected to do and expected to write. And, you know, funny enough, I think that the response that I get from readers really reflects that, you know, I'm convinced that there's something that comes through in the writing where they can tell that you, the author, are committed to it. You're there with them every step of the way. You want to be there. You want to be in that journey with them. And I think that the payoff really is just worth it. And no, you're not going to hit it out of the park every time, but creating something that's genuine, for me, is always going to supersede creating something that someone else wants. That's great. Are you working on a new novel now? I am. So I'm actually working on a couple of things. I'm working on a new series, um, uh, which... Is going interestingly as a an enemies to lovers uh, again in the same universe, but a new characters, new setting, new time period. Um, so I'm very excited to to delve into that. Uh, I'm also working on the third book in the Merchant series. I like to work on with anything that's a series. I like to work on them contemporaneously. 
um, just to avoid a lot of continuity stuff. So I'm you know, working on the third book, outlining four and five, um, as we're getting ready to get airs out here. That's great. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh, gosh. Um, well, this is going to be totally out of less left field. Um, but the, the most recent book that I read that I thought was superb was uh, Against White Feminism, Notes on Disruption. It's not fantasy, of course. Mm-hmm. It's not anywhere related to my genre. Um, sure. But that was that's the most recent thing that my book club did. And I just, it's phenomenal. I would recommend it to anyone and everyone. Um, yeah, and in, in, in the fantasy genre, um, I've been rereading Ursula Le Guin a lot. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's been my kind of recent fascination. That's been a comfort read for me recently. So, of course, again, just stellar writing. If you haven't had the chance to read it, absolutely, you know, pick up anything she's written. It's just fantastic. Sure. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels? Uh, they can find me a couple of different places. So I have my website, which is chwilliamsliterary.com. Uh, you can always find my books there, as well as some additional uh, information about the universe. There's maps and some extra reading materials. Um, and there's also going to be art up there. Uh, so you can go check that out. Uh, you can also get my books on Amazon. And then if you're interested in following on social media, uh, I am primarily on Instagram. I have a Facebook account that occasionally gets the Instagram photos pushed to it. And I, there's still a Twitter account out there that I don't use. But if you're interested in just following for fun, um, so I'm on Instagram at uh, Literary and on Twitter at chwilliamslit. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking to C.H. Williams, author of the new fantasy novel, Airs in the Ice. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And C.H., thanks for doing this interview. Yeah, of course. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.